We're in a um, soul care, summer soul care, and, and tonight I'm going to move into an area that um, you don't hear me talk about a lot, and, and I, I've not dealt with a lot, but it is very, very, very um, pertinent that we do from time to time. We talk about deliverance. I'm going to call it soul deliverance. We talk about deliverance a lot. But the area that I'm going to tonight, we don't talk about a lot. Deliverance defined is the process of freeing people from the influence of evil spirits and of casting out of demons who have attached themselves to people. Many people in America equate deliverance with scenes to, to movies. And maybe it's uh, the exorcist where a priest or a pastor has a dramatic, verbal, physical, and spiritual battle with a strong, scary demon uh, that may be in a person or manifesting through a person. And uh, there's a lot of drama that maybe play out in a movie like this or maybe a uh, a situation maybe you've watched or seen and and the screaming on both sides until one of them prevails somebody wins and somebody loses and uh and not surprisingly this kind of uh, stuff scares people half to death and it also creates a lot of drama in movies and such and i've seen it create a lot of drama in churches <laughs> and um and so but there's a lot of debate out there and i want to kind of give you some history, some back history, and kind of walk you through some things uh, about the reality of demons and demonization and deliverance. And I, I told you it's a subject I don't talk about a lot, but when we're talking about soul care, we need to deal with, we've dealt with some unique subjects in the process of dealing with a soul, and this is one of them I want to deal with. And, and here are some objections when we talk about any kind of um, spiritual warfare or uh, demonization or demonic spirits uh, spirits uh, one objection to deliverance comes from the disbelief in the existence of actual spiritual beings called demons or evil spirits people maybe just say I, I don't believe in that um, I don't, that's just some, not something that I I believe in and so and so in on the heels of that argument come statements or, or thoughts that uh, that, that the portraying of any kind of demonization in Scripture or in the Bible uh, can be explained away by modern psychology and uh, maybe a mental health issue that maybe something in the Bible days we would, we would type that or name it in some form of a mental health issue or uh, psychology has a name for it now and so we kind of cover it. So thus we don't maybe believe in anything a spirit attaching itself to a man or a woman. And so we have now, you know, therapeutic intervention that may uh, explain some of this way or modern medicine that may take care of some of these things now. That's what some would say. And people who hold to this uh, view often rationalize that demonization as described in the Word of God and the Bible is a social phenomenon that existed for primitive 
cultures that do not have our scientific explanations and treatments uh, that we do today. So it's kind of a behind the times people. And people in our era and our day, uh, we're smarter than that. <laughs> so then there's another objection, another argument. And this one uh, largely comes from Christians. And this goes like this. It's talking about that those who are filled with the Spirit have the indwelling of the, the Holy Spirit as promised by Christ means that evil spirits cannot influence believers. And that's a statement that often that we hear Christians say and kind of argue uh, that, that uh, it's not possible for Christians that are full of the Spirit to be influenced by evil spirits. It is true that Christians cannot be possessed because that means ownership. When we say possessed by an evil spirit, that means ownership. And we all know in the church that Christ died for our sins and he died and his blood he bought back ownership. Amen. Amen? And so we can't be possessed by the devil when we're filled with the Spirit. But I want to say this, Christians, however, can be influenced by evil spirits, but not owned by them. And so I, I, need, to, I need, need to make that clear and I want to run back in our, in our study tonight and talk about for a few minutes where all this started and, and how it got started. And so uh, I'm just going to call this part of it the Great War, the Great War, because what I'm about to tell you is a serious war that took place. And a good picture for this is in Revelation, although it doesn't give you the full picture of what happened, is, is a uh, kind of a clip out of Revelations that shows you what happened that started, um, started putting the devil in the earth and to, to, to give a struggle. And let's look at it. Revelations 12, 7 says, Then war broke out in heaven. This is that great war. I mean, war broke out in heaven. Uh, you're talking about a war when there's a war in heaven. And Michael, this is uh, the archangel Michael, uh, a high-ranking official angel of God. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. The word dragon here is another word that we could use for Lucifer or Satan or the devil. Uh, Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. So this was a third of heaven's angels. A third of heaven's angels joined up with Lucifer, and, but he was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. So Lucifer, trying to rise above God, and a third of the angels lost the battle. And the great, verse 9, the great dragon was hurled down that ancient serpent called the devil or Satan who leads the whole world astray, he was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. Verse 12, but woe to the earth and the sea, like watch out earth <laughs> and watch out sea because the devil has gone down to you. He is filled with fury 
because he knows his time is short. Now, am I, am I freaking y'all out about talking about this tonight? Okay. I don't want to freak you out. I want to keep it relative and, and, and not get all uh, spooky with it, okay? But I will tell you that we are fighting against a force in our world, and we're fighting against a force that would try to fight against people in Christianity, and it's time that we be alarmed of it and know what we're fighting against. Amen? And so... Lucifer is, called, Lucifer is called various names in the Bible. Uh, maybe Satan, uh, we would hear that. Or the devil, the tempter would be one of those. Or the serpent, the evil one. The enemy, the accuser. Um, some scripture calls him Beelzebub. <laughs> a funny name, but uh, another reference of the name is used for Satan. And the angels who followed Satan are called unclean spirits or um, evil spirits or demons. And so Satan and his demons are, are hell-bent on stealing and killing and destroying anything that is good, that is godly, and brings glory to God. I say hell-bent because that's a good statement used for them. But they are hell-bent on attacking you and destroying anything that is good and godly and bring glory to God. And so they're roaming about the earth seeking for the good, seeking for the godly, seeking to anything that would be trying to bring praise and worship to God and stifling that and bring in resistance against that. And so demons will do whatever they can to keep you from worshiping God and obeying God and living an abundant life for God that is full of life and that is effective in giving God praise here on this earth. The enemy is, 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 is after the children of God. He's, he's after because the church, the children, the children of the Lord are the beacon of good left in this earth. Amen? And, and he's after that. And so uh, when you decided to change teams and you decided to live for the Lord, the enemy uh, kind of put a, a beam up. A, um, a bullseye on you and he's after you. Now that's not reason to be scared. Don't you know that you are full of the one that kicked his booty? Amen. Amen. I, I don't know if it's alright to say b- booty and I'm not going to ask Brother Cody if that's alright. But you, the, the Lord kicked his backside out of heaven with a third of his angels and the ones he's already defeated are the ones that's fighting against you. And, and, but, but he, is, he is coming against you, and they're coming against you strong. They're coming against uh, the people of God strong because they know their time is shorter and shorter as the days approach the coming of God, and they will work harder to lead humans astray. I hate to hurt your feelings, but the world's not going to get better. <laughs> it's, it's not. It's not. And, and I want to give you, just, just mention this and, and put it in your toolbox 
that the number one tool that the enemy wants to use, his weapon of choice, is lies. And he's a good, good little liar. The Bible calls him the father of lies. He's good at it. And so if he had a weapon of choice that he loads up his uh, bazooka with, it is lies. And so we're experiencing, we wrestle against lies in our life. And we need to just put a pinpoint and a, and a target back on that to know what's fighting against us when you start experiencing the lies of hell that's coming against you. How many ever felt the, the lying spirit of, of hell try to speak into your world? Come on, j- just for a minute, get your halo off. Just for a minute. Your people sitting next to you need to realize that you don't are not perfect for just one second. Because hell is coming in against you. And, and I'm going to tell you something. He's after you because you're good. He's after you because you're godly. And everything he's told you is you're not good and you're not godly. But the only reason he's after you is because you're good and you're godly. Amen? And so, though their tactics have changed uh, over the centuries and demons have never stopped their efforts to gain control over every human being and stop the efforts of Christ's followers in building a church and flourishing our lives, flourishing and impacting the world for the kingdom of God. And so our world is currently under the rule and the control of Satan. Did y'all hear what I just said? And I got scripture to back it up. It is 1 John 5, 19. It says, we know that we are the we know that we are children of God and the whole world is under the control of the evil one so we're living in a world that the enemy has a lot of power in and satan gained control of the world when and I'm kind of giving you the backstory and I want to try to help us with this in a minute but He gained access into the world through Adam and Eve. And when they chose to believe Satan and to rebel against God, in essence, they chose to follow Satan instead of following God. And sin entered into the earth. And so this is where we're at. But there, there was a beautiful thing that happened, a wonderful thing that happened, and that is, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came into the world in the form of flesh and he died for human beings so that you and I could be set free from the tyranny of Satan's reign in in in, in, in our lifetime. And so we know in eternity that we're going to be free of that, but we can be free of that mess right here in our lifetime because Christ died, went into hell, took back the keys to death, hell, and the grave, and you and I chose to team up with him to avoid the tyranny of that he's bringing against us. Come on, come on, give the Lord a hand clap of prayer. He deserves that. He deserves that. 
And that's, that's better right there, that, what Christ did for you than, than anything that can come out of Hollywood or anything they can make up or any, 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 uh, uh, anything that, that we can read in a book. This is the great book. This is coming out of the Word of God. And God set us free. And, and this is what I want you, and this is going to be on the screen for you, and I think, I think I want you, maybe if you can take a picture of it or something. And that is the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is the reversal of everything that went wrong when sin entered into the world. I, I want you to catch that. The kingdom of God is the reversal of everything that went wrong when sin entered the world. And guess what? You are a part of the kingdom of God. That's why I told you to start this out. You have no reason to be scared with what I am telling you today. You need to get the bumper sticker, I ain't scared. We're not scared of the devil, amen? And, and when we start talking about it, oh God, we're going to start talking about it and, and making people aware of what's going on. We ought to be nervous and scared and this. And, you don't have to be scared at all. You have a power over that. But the kingdom of God. So don't you think if the kingdom of God is a reversal of everything the enemy is wanting to do in this world that the enemy would hate the church? He hates the church. And he's fought, he's fought against the church and because it is the restoration of everything back to the way God intended it to be. And so when Jesus came, he saved the lost, he healed the sick. Look, look at this is, the, this is that beginning of the kingdom of God. He saved the lost, he healed the sick, he cast out demons. He helped the poor, he overcame injustice, and he set the captives free. We in the church, what should we be doing? You want to know what we should be doing in the church? You know what the church should look like? You know what the kingdom of God should look like? You know what our mission statement ought to be? It ought to be that we came to see the lost saved, pray and the sick be healed, we are to cast out demons. We are to help the poor. We are to overcome injustice. And we are to see the captives set free. Amen? You want to pray a prayer? Pray that one. You want to pray a prayer for your family if they're living for God? Let it be that be your mission statement. God, let us do everything that you we saw you do. Let us do it with authority in your name. And so we see the fullness of Jesus' ministry while he was here in the flesh. And the gospel writers describe Jesus' ministry this way. And I want to read it to you. It's Matthew chapter 4, verse 23. Look at this. It says, again, I'm kind of showing you what Jesus did because this is that beginning of the kingdom of God. Jesus went throughout Galilee teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. News about him spread all over Syria, and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain. Notice, notice this. Suffering severe pain, the demon-possessed, those having seizures, 
and the paralyzed, and he healed them. Jesus commanded and entrusted his followers. We see in Luke that he, in, in chapter 10 and also 14, he commanded his followers, first 12 followers, then 72 followers, to go out and to do exactly that. Teach, heal the sick, see the, those who possess be delivered. He walked this out. And we do not read anywhere in Scripture that he no longer wants his followers to cast out demons when they encounter them. And, and I, I got to tell you the truth, and I, I want to be very, very, very careful on what I'm about to say. And I'm sure I'm probably not going to say it just right. But I will tell you this, that I often wonder that in the modern era, era that we have named some things and we have labeled some things that are just spirits. We've labeled some things and we've got all the psychobabble to place on them and sometimes it's not mental health and sometimes it's not this or that sometimes i'm not telling you ever are y'all with me but i'm telling you sometimes there is reasons that people are being attacked by the oppressor and we have the authority through the name of Jesus. I'm trying to wake the church back up to this. Because in 2023, we have learned how to label everything. But I'm going to tell you this, we need to pray first. That's how we fix this, we pray first. And the second thing we do is we become a person that is so full of the Spirit that we discern. In other words, we discern when, when what we're up against and what we're fighting against. And I have watched as people are starting to come to salvation that spirits start attacking those around them. And in that process, let's be careful not to, let's be careful not to get to the point that we don't think that the church has power. Because you and I have a power that's invested in us. And, and, and I want to lay claim to that power that his healing power can set people free. What I'm trying to tell you this is this. What I'm trying to tell you is this. Is I think we've become too confident to medicate everything instead of pray over everything. Now, you're going to have to, I hope I'm saying this with wisdom, and, and you got to, you can't read between the lines and all that trash. I know people, there. Are, are you with me? But, but I am telling you that when you pray first, we give God the opportunity to intervene when we're dealing with the oppressor. And, and God has a power and authority in that to set people free. free. And I, I want this church to, to be known that in this area, in this region, 
that, that when people who are oppressed come and they're wrestling with things in their spirit, that this is a house of deliverance. Yes, it is. It's a place where people can be set free. It is, it is so in the DNA of our church that, and, and, I, and, and I know y'all, we must sound like a broken record, but it's so in the DNA of our church that we have a 12-week journey called freedom. And, and it's not, a, it's not a, a license to get on the platform. It's not a license to sing. It's not a license to be able to do ministry. It's, it's not a license to do this. Or it's, the, it's the, 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 the journey to really get to be a part of Parkway. No, 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 no. It is what we do because we want to see a reversal in people's spirit. It's called redemption. It's called redemption. I, I, I want to tell you something. I pray to God that every singer and every musician and every pastor, including the one speaking, always knows what you are doing to stroke a, a guitar or stroke a drum or lift your voice in a preaching message or a teaching or leading a life group is bigger than what you're currently seeing. And you have got to be linked in what you're doing because what you're doing is God business. Anybody can play in a venue. Anybody can scream to an audience. But when the power of God works in a congregation, God's kingdom and his work can do the miraculous. Come on, I need you to give God praise right now. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. I feel the Spirit of the Lord in this place. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Pastor, I don't understand a word you're saying. You better catch on and ride with me because I'm trying to teach you as a pastor what you're warring against in the name of Jesus. Amen? And so let's, let's, let's keep tracking here because i got some great, great scriptures to read to you. So what is it that happens in deliverance? Jesus gives a metaphor uh, and I love when Jesus gives metaphors, and he was so great about this. Uh, he gave us parables, he gave us metaphors, different things to help us understand. And I love that because uh, he kind of broke it down for humanity. And he il illustrates and he uses a house. And, and when he gives us his house, he, he opens this up and unpacks it because people understand houses. We, we get houses. And, uh, and, he, and he uses a house to illustrate the importance of spiritual deliverance. I want to read it to you. It's Luke chapter 11, verse 20. It says, and, and, and there's a lot of, lot of great text before this. I just had to whittle for time's sake. But man, you would, it would be wise for you to read the whole chapter. But verse 20 says, But if I drive out demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Now this is where I was going. When a strong man and he's about to give you the metaphor of a house. 
When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own house, his possessions are safe. All right? But when someone stronger attacks and overpowers him, he takes away the armor in which the man trusted and divides up his plunder. Verse 23. Jesus says, in this whoever's not a... Whoever's not with me is against me. And whoever does not gather with me scatters. Notice where he's tagging in here. And this is where he's, he's giving this metaphor of the house. And then, then he says this. He's talking about impure spirits, good spirits and impure spirits. And when an, he says, when an impure spirit comes out of a person, watch this closely. When an impure spirit comes out of a person... It goes through arid places, seeking rest and does not find it. Then it says, y'all, this is, this is big. Then it says, that spirit, that evil spirit says, I will return to the house I left. When it arrives, it comes back to the house it left. When it arrives... It finds the house swept clean and put in order. Because order starts coming back to a house when the devil's not in it. That's good stuff right there. Because everything about the enemy, when you see disorder, when you, let me use this example. When you take a, 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 a place in our world that is majorly out of order, you can bet the evil spirits are attacking that area and, and someone's not warring to keep them away. And that's why you're seeing so much disorder in our, in our towns across America because we're giving open doors for those demonic spirits to come in. And the only thing, and this is a big thing, that's coming back against that is the church. That's why every community does not just needs a building, it needs a strong church of God that is rising against the spirits. What, what I'm trying to tell you is Parkway is more than a building at the entrance of Lumberton or in, in the area of... We are a beacon keeping order in the whole area. That's why I'm trying to tell you what the church does is more important. Boy, I'm going to fire some people up, but not here, but people... Than what the government is doing... It's more important than what, and, and all of these things are important. What uh, everybody's jobs are important. Don't I'm not trying, but what the judges are doing and what this is doing and what. So so don't get so fired up at the people making all the dumb decisions. Get mad at the enemy that's pushing the agendas and start coming against something bigger. Because we don't wrestle, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers of darkness, the Bible says. And so we're coming against something stronger. And so, did I finish? I didn't finish reading it. Where was that? When an imp what, 25, thank you, Brandon. Then it says, I will return to the house I left. So the spirit comes back in. When it rises, it finds the house swept, clean, put in order. Verse 26, then it, uh-oh. Then it goes 
and take seven other spirits more wicked than itself and they go in and live there and the final condition of that person is worse than the first. That's why it's very important to us as a church and I need to talk to all of our freedom life group leaders and freedom prayer people and all that stuff and I know we're not at freedom right now. But, But we have got to coach in that 12 weeks that this is not just a uh, emotional journey for a moment. This is a lifetime of living a work of freedom that I continue and be vigilant on soul care. It's not a 13-week journey and then it's over because what happens is we get, the Lord helps us get everything back in order and the devil out of the house, but if we don't keep the Lord in the house, if we don't keep the house full of the Lord, then the spirits want to ride back in and we're worse than we prefer. And that's why we say, Does, was freedom awesome? And some people go, well, it was when I went through it, but not now. Uh-oh, they done brought their friends back. And we, we got to stand up and realize that, that you can keep the enemy out, but you've got to be vigilant in soul care. I mean vigilant in soul care. It doesn't end when the summer's over and we're quit talking about summer's okay. It's vigilant, vigilant about it. All right, praise the Lord, hallelujah. Jesus Christ, uh, he drives out the spirits. I mean, we, we find in this text, he drives them out of the house. He drives them out by his power and his authority. He has power and authority over there, and he drives them out of the house. In other words, he cleans house. He cleans house. I want to make a statement, and, and I want you to take a picture of this or, or write it down or something, whatever you're doing. But, and, that is, and this is what I'm really feeling for this church and this series, uh, this theming, because listen to this, listen, this, this, this word I'm about to give you here, and that is this. Your next level, and I'm going to say our church's next level, or your next, whatever it is, your next level with God lies beyond the boundaries of your current experience. I want to say it again. Your next level with God lies beyond the boundaries of your current experience. So if you want to go further in God and you want to track with God and you want to be more than just a, you know, just, you want to go, you want, you want to, you want to be what God really has. In your life. The only way to get there is to risk more than you're comfortable with. And you've got, you've got to step out, and you've got to have confidence in God and confidence that he is with you, he's for you, and stepping out in that. And so when I'm talking about spiritual warfare and these things tonight, don't, please don't discount it. You're in spiritual warfare whether you want it or not. It's not like, well, I choose to do that. I claim myself exempt. You're in it. You're in it, okay? You're in it. And so the Holy Spirit wants to do this, and going back to the metaphor of the house, the Holy Spirit wants to have access to all of the rooms of the house. The Spirit wants to fill you up completely. And so I'm asking you a question tonight, and I know that, it, just, just to hear me, okay, I'm not, going, I'm not going to apologize. Are there any areas of your life that you have kept off limits to the Holy Spirit 
and you won't let the Spirit in those places. And this is the strong statement of it. Did you ever think that maybe those places not given over to the Holy Spirit's control are instead influenced by the other spirit, the demonic spirit? Now, I'm, on, I'm trying to make this non-spooky in what I'm about to show you, to tell you, show you, give you an example of what I'm trying to say. Let's talk about in marriage for just a second. And in and, and marriage, this, this is what I'm about to tell you. You're, you're going to hear what I'm saying, and you're going, well, that doesn't sound demonic. And, and I, but just stay with me. This is how sly the enemy is. A couple is married... And they have, a, um, they have a verbal fight, okay? I know that this church, the couples in here never have those issues. <laughs> but have a verbal fight. You don't even have to raise your hand. We know you're there. You've been there. You may, well, I have, we in fault since 1980, but that 1980 was a bad one, wasn't it? <laughs> and, but you have a verbal fight. And in that moment, you're so frustrated that you make a foolish statement like this. I'm done with us. I'm finished with us. In that moment, you open the door for destruction in the marriage. Are you seeing me? You open the, the door for the wrong spirit. That's why I'm trying to make, I'm trying to not make it sound spooky here, what I'm talking about, but I'm trying to put wheels on this thing for you to understand what we're talking about. This, I told you, he is a good little liar. <laughs> and when you say that, watch what comes over the marriage. What comes over the marriage is coldness, darkness. That's why in a, in a moment like this, couples kind of isolate, pull, us, pull apart, don't talk. Um, why? The enemy's always about coldness and darkness. And so they isolate, pull themselves back, coldness and darkness moves in. That's a spirit. I'm not trying to tell you, you're demon-possessed. But I am trying to tell you, a door's been opened to a demonic spirit in the marriage. And it stepped in the room writing the words that you gave and so in that moment uh, rather than speaking into existence words of death words of darkness words that open ourselves up to this understand if you're a couple everybody goes through difficult times everybody goes through seasons because we got two Spirits coming against. And, and so we're, there's a warring there. The enemy hates order. He hates good. And so there's this warring there. And the, and the little things that set us off or whatever it may be, instead of giving a word of death, and I know people in this room have been guilty of that. I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to make you feel bad. What I'm trying to do is make you aware. And so... Instead of using the word of death, 
What about if we use words of life here? In other words, we, we recognize what's going on, we back away, we cool down, and we recognize what's going on, and we step back in the situation, and instead of letting the enemy win here, we do just the opposite, and we say, hey, I want you, I want, I want us to pray over each other right now of what's coming against us. And I guarantee you, couples praying together are going to stay together. I know it's cliche, but when you start praying together, I don't know anybody who's praying together and said, I'm ready. Did you sign your divorce papers? No, there, there is a unity of the spirit. There's a coming together. Why? What's happening? In the midst of coldness and darkness, God is reversing it back to a kingdom of God look. He wants that in your life. And he may remove some other things in the ears. So, as I said, demons cannot possess believers of Jesus Christ, but they can gain footholds in our life. Footholds. I want to give you an example. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 26, it says this, and I, I know it's getting late and you got bluebell on the mind and everything else, and I'm talking about demons. <laughs> in your anger, do not sin. I'm going back to the marriage thought for just a second, okay? Watch this. Watch what the Bible says to try to help this. In your anger, I know you're ticked off, but do not sin. I'm going to give you room to be angry, but do not sin. And then, listen to this. Watch this. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry, and don't give the devil a foothold. Because coldness and darkness and separate, are you seeing? It gives the devil a foothold in this situation. And the Bible says, snuff it out. Take care of it. Get it fixed. And let the Lord step back in and bring healing to the situation. Does this make sense to anybody? I, I, I know I'm running out of time. Paul, let, let me just deal with this. I may not be able to teach everything, but let me, let me at least say this. Paul says to give Satan no foothold. Let's look at the word foothold. The word foothold is the Greek word topos, or, or tapas. It's where we get, we have words like uh, geography type words. And in the word of, in, in this Greek word tapas, which has made its way kind of in the, Eng we get topography, we get, uh, ge in geography, it's a, a literal piece of land. He said, don't give the devil a foothold. In geography, that's a literal piece of land or ground, a place or a spot where one can put their foot down and stay and live and settle down. He said, don't let the devil get a foothold. Don't let the devil sit right there. Don't let the devil sit right here. That's in geography. Let's, so what does that mean in, in military terms? Territory in the, that is gained or lost. It's a stronghold that is protected and cannot be easily taken by the opposition. Don't give the devil any military would that top us. Don't give, any, don't give him any room that he is protected and, and, can, and, and, and he's, he's fighting off. I'll come against that. Don't give the devil a foothold. Uh, man, I wish I wasn't running out of time. Let, let, oh. I, I'm, I'm out of time. I've, I've got to stop. I've got to stop. So let me, let me, let me, would you stand with me? 
I've got a, I have another, some other ways that I'm trying to, I use that in marriage. I wanted to use it with some other things that come against us. But the Lord called me to be the pastor, and by the grace and help of God, I can teach this. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not like I'm never going to be here again by the grace and help of God. Because <laughs> you're like going, my God, I'm tired, okay? I mean, we, we hear you 400,000 times. We, we, so so, so I, I want to I right now come against through the authority of the power of the name of Jesus, every bit of land, every foothold that we've allowed the enemy to, to set in our lives, I'm not telling you you're a bad person or I'm a bad person, but the enemy snuck in. And there's many ways he can sneak in that we were kind of unaware of, that we let him have control of. And, but we, tonight, even those areas we don't even know all of his tricks and ploys and ways that he would use and he does this to get to that, we have a, that's why we are, that's why we believe that the Spirit can pray through us. Because it can pray things that we don't even know how to pray. And I, I want to, I want to, I want, to, I want to pray over this congregation, but I want you to pray over yourself. And I want you to say, the Lord, in fact, go to my last slide. Let's just jump all the way to the end. And I'm going to give you a kind of a prayer to pray. Let's read it out loud. You ready? In Jesus' name. Stop. Say it again. In Jesus' name. Stop. Say it again. In Jesus' name. I want you to say it like you've got the dynamite power when you say it. You ready? In Jesus' name, there we go, I command you to leave right now, and this is what I didn't get to teach to you, but it's the way to make it leave, and I confess to God whatever was drawing my mind and heart to believe the lies. The confession sets me free, and the power of the name of Jesus kicks it all out. And so, and so, if you have, if you have unrepented things going on in your life, I don't care if they're 30 years ago, you have unrepented things that have gained a foothold in your life, I want you to quit whining about it and quit saying, well, it's just who I am. No, 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 it's not just who you are. There's people around you that know that you've got that spirit and they just can't tell you because it rises up, that spirit in you, and you get all fussy. But I need you to confess that spirit. I don't like this about me. I confess that to God, and I ask God to eradicate and bring healing to me through the power of the name of Jesus Christ. And so this is just... We raise our hands in submission to God and praise to God. Would you, would you just, the devil hates you doing this. He hates you doing that. But I want you to lift your hands to God and worship. And he tries to stop your worship, but we're not going to allow that. God, I come to you in worship. I want every man and woman praying for themselves. I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. God, we lift our hands in worship and praise a God who is good. He's good all by himself. He's the God of order. He's the God of love. The God of kindness, 
the God who gave us the good news of the gospel. Lord, I come and magnify your name right now. God, if there be any spirit, there be any spirit that would be in my own heart, God, anything that would slip in on me unaware, I confess that to God. Lord, things that maybe I don't even know about, I confess that to God. God, I put that into your control, Lord, and we ask that you would guide us and direct us and heal us and allow us and give us the wisdom to walk out of that from which we have walked into and bring healing and restoration in our life. And God, we pray it all, we believe it all, we claim it all in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We have authority in that name. We have power in that name. We have victory in that name. We have healing and restoration. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Speak the name of Jesus right now. If you have a family, or if you're a grandparent or a mom or a dad or if you're a son or a daughter, I want you to speak the name of Jesus over your family right now. I want you to, I want you to pray it over your spouse. I want you to pray it over your talents. I want you to pray the name of Jesus. Would you do that? Come on, this ain't crazy. We're, we're, we're raising up a standard that the enemy can't fight against and win. Hallelujah, Lord, I pray over health situations in people's lives. I pray healing and restoration and the, the church, Lord, be healed. People be healed. Cancers would be healed. Lord, I'm asking for neuropathy to be healed in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm praying for diabetes to be healed and be cast back into the ground from which it came. God, I'm praying for healing and restoration to come on this church. God, I'm praying for seizures to be healed. I'm praying over mind issues. I'm praying over mental health issues. I'm praying over every... Come on, church, I need you to, to rally with me in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, I come against everything in the name of Jesus Christ. I come against things that are warring against our teenagers, against pulling them away from God instead of towards God. God, I'm praying for everything that's coming against them in Jesus name God I'm praying the hedge of protection and healing about this entire church family God I'm praying everyone that calls Parkway home that you would put a hedge of protection of the name of Jesus about this church family anoint and heal and set free and let victory come and the power of your name in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name Man. Now you now you know why dot one in this church is no Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. How many of you how many of you not just here but you receive this word tonight? Come on, you receive this word tonight. God's calling you out of your comfort zone. He's calling you to be a a victor in our world, a, a, a game changer, a person that when you step on your job in this morning, every spirit may be in that room, but the Holy Spirit through your body is walking in that room. You bring good, you bring godly, you bring order, you're being healing chaos. Amen. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah.
Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Man, I'm going to just tell you what, we could rock this bad boy for about another hour right here. Hallelujah. The Lord is in this room right here. Would you, would you just, I'm, I'm pushing you out of your comfort zones. Would you lay hands on somebody around you? You don't have to lay hands on their head and shake them. Just put your hand on their shoulder, and I want you to pray a godly good order in their mind and their health and their physical body come on right now that's beautiful pray over them god i'm praying healing and restoration over families come on that's it receive that receive that receive that hallelujah you don't have to be a fancy prayer just just pray it the way you talk to a friend lord i thank you in the name of jesus i thank you in the name of jesus in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I need you to help me pray for something else. God has this church in a serious revival right now. I, I think you see that. We've grown, we've grown over 200 people in one year's time. You hear me tell you the devil hates what we're doing. I'm praying for every new person coming to God. We baptized five people on Sunday. I'm praying for, I'm praying for everybody that God is drawing to this church, that when they walk in here, how many of you brought people to church and the first time they came, you don't even have to raise your hand because I don't need to see it, but the first time they came, they kind of resisted it, resisted. Hell, hell will try to do that, and, and, and he'll try to bring that because hell don't want them to have what God has for them in this church. And that's not the time for you to go, oh, I guess something's wrong with my church. No, no, no. You raise up and know what you're fighting against. Amen? Hallelujah. So hell's coming against people, new, new believers and people. But I raise up a standard of protection against these babes in Christ. In the name of Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Well, it's 12 after. Trust me when I tell you, y'all are spoiled and I'm spoiled. Churches I grew up in, we went two and a half hours and we kissed still rolling. And I'll tell you what else they do. They go Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night. We're just believing God can do it all on Wednesday night. <laughs> Come on, I'm not trying to start church every night, but I am here to say that sometimes we go into overtime and it's all right. The Lord's in this room, amen? God bless you.